Hello and welcome back to the A3 Footy Podcast. My name is Alex Catalano. We are extending our stay in New South Wales, Alex Miller. We've got the Swarm up next in our season review series. Yes, look, very excited to do the Swans. Uh, look, I'm very, I actually like this mob uh, for many reasons. The rebuilding side, what um, you know, the horses achieved with this list, a different style for him. Cat had a very established team for many years, obviously, competing flag after flag, but he's proved to the comp that he can do it with the young mob. And look, it's going to be very interesting to see how we evaluate their season. A great year from them, though. Alex Doherty, the Swans are very fun to watch in 2021, I thought at least. One of the teams that I was keenly watching every weekend and they got themselves off to a good start and it didn't seem to stop from there. Yeah, well, it, it seems like along with uh, Freo, they've become our favourite uh, team to watch uh, this year, apart from our own teams, of course. But <laughs> they, they were quite fun to watch, Cat, and I, I think they've uh, exceeded a lot of people's expectations after a couple of um, down years don't think they were actually blown out too often in those two years to be honest i think they just sort of have just have, just weren't able to close these games and now that they're able to close um the these sort of games they, they they've just been they've just been fantastic you know 15 wins uh, from from their 22 games in the home and away season and a bit disappointing that they uh, ended the way they did against mm. uh, gws in the um the elimination final but i think there's a lot there's a lot of promise for, for this uh, young swans team uh, in 2022 yeah, absolutely. We'll start with the good as we always do. And I do kind of just want to flash back to round one. And uh, I sort of remember, boys, we were looking at the, watching the games across the week. And this one was probably the one we talked about the most, I think, in that first round because the Swans <laughs> came out of the gates firing Miller against the Lions. They beat them by five goals. And we sort of got an introduction to what the young boys were going to be doing throughout the year. Logan McDonald kicked three, Errol Goulden kicked three, uh, Sammy Wicks kicked a couple of goals. And they just had these young boys firing from the start, in addition to the old heads who were still doing their thing. Tom Hickey kicked on straight away. He had a fantastic game in the ruck, and really it was a new-look swan side from, from the start with these these young boys, the new recruits. It was almost like a bit of a rejuvenation from them. Absolutely, Ken, and not just that week. I was actually, that's what I was going to talk about as positive boys. At the start of the season, the first three rounds, outstanding. Um, they scored 125 against Brisbane in a win, obviously. They beat the Crows 121 points and then beat Richmond 117 points. So plus 115 points, three straight games. A fantastic way to start the year. So it's outstanding. Not just that Brisbane game, but all those displays were really good. And yeah, that just got the ball rolling, Doc, for what was a really successful season. And Because if you look at the ladder, um, there's a big gap, obviously, between the Swans and the Giants. And the Swans were pushing their ass off pretty much to the second to last round of the year to try and make a possible charge for the top four. And they they definitely worked the hardest I've seen a young core work, Doc. Yeah, well, you know, I think you segued that brilliantly to what I was going to get out there. You know, their, mm. their end of the year was just amazing. They they won seven seven of the last eight games, and among that, among that were you know a big a big ninety two point win against West Coast uh, away from home. Uh, a big win against the Doggies in, in, in the Docklands, uh, a big come-from-behind win against uh, GWS, a big 40-point win against Frio, and, and an 87-point win to close out the year against the um, the Gold Coast Suns. So uh, I think th- this team's very exciting, and I think you've 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 both nailed it on the head. I think they, 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 even the kids that they brought in through – Young Gordon's uh, won me won me immediately oh. after, after one game. I, he's he's going to be an absolute cracking player to watch, and I know he didn't play as many games this year. But Braden Campbell's another one that I'm really looking forward to 
in, in future years. He's a kid that I think's got a lot of um, skill and a lot of talent coming out of his ears. I think he's a, uh, I think he's going to be a brilliant sort of midfielder and, and, and even still, you know, guys that sort of didn't get as much recognition as others. I thought McInerney had a great year. Yeah. Um, uh, McLean, when he came in, did, did his role really, really well. And as well, Sam Wicks, I, th- I think, had a, had a great year as well, sort of playing that pressure forward role just to perfection. I'm glad you mentioned uh, McInerney, Doc, because he's a kid I'm very, very yes. high on, and I feel like he didn't get as much recognition as some of his teammates throughout the year. Such a consistent player, played the 21 games, and especially late in games, Miller, I thought regularly he was a guy that was standing up and helping to push the Swans over the line wherever he was playing, really. He was... You know, he could push up off the off the half-back line, push up further forward. He kicked a few snags as well, seven goals. He, he showed himself th- that he can play in a variety of different roles, which is going to be outstanding for the future. But even some of the older boys have been going along really nicely. Luke Parker, who we talk about every year, is probably one of the most underrated oh. players in the competition. He, it's amazing to think that this year he had career highs in disposals, um, which is outstanding work for him. Near career high in clearances, I think it was... 0.3% shy of his equal of his uh, career high for clearances. So he was being an absolute beast in the contest as he is. Um, 13.4 contested possessions a game. Mm. He was just outstanding, Miller. He's scoring probably a little bit uh, lower than what he normally does, but to see him performing like that when he's 28 and starting to come into the point where he should be exiting out of his prime was amazing. Yeah, and obviously rewarded boys with that great contract that uh, we were all pleased to do when it was a... About a couple of months back now, we were all extravagantly happy on air that he got that. And um, look, I, I think that Luke Parker's role's changed, obviously, Doc, with, with Kennedy kicking on a bit more now and with the emergence of those great young players, as you said, Errol Gordon playing more of a half-forward. Campbell was a bit all over the shop, half-back and half-forward and even in the midfield, so he was good. And um, look, it's definitely opened a door for, for Parker to play more midfield minutes, which is, you know, fantastic. And... I just think as well, you know, the guys like Nick Blakey, I, I thought he had a really strong year. Obviously not as good um, maybe statistically as he was last year, but I thought uh, in the in the games he played, he's um, definitely was very effective, I thought, Doc. I think there was a patch, um, you know, mid, midway through the year where Blakey looked absolutely lost with his football. He didn't exactly mm. know, you know what his role was in yeah. the team and he just sort of, you know, had, had those sort of deer-in-the-headlights moments where, um, you know, he just just wasn't sure what to do. A player that lacked confidence, I think we said, you know, um, mid, mid-season. mid But the back end of the year, I think he was placed more on the wing and he was able to wheel, use his wheels. He was very, he's a very quick boy too. So the wing's very ideal for, for those sort of pacey players. And he was able to really slice open, you know, opposition defences with his run and his, and his foot skills. We all know he's very, very good at that. And I think, you know, go, go, I think his year ended prematurely, had a, had, a, had a bad bad foot or bad ankle injury. But I, I think what he showed towards that back end of the year, I think, is is very positive um, for his development and, and, and the Swans' structures going forward. Yeah, there's a lot of parallels that can be drawn between the year that the Swans and the Bombers both had. I talked about the consistency um, in the Essendon squad, uh, but the Swans had it very similar as well. 15 players that played 20 games or more, mm. Miller, which is outstanding for the team. You know, we talked about these young players coming in, but for, for them to be able to gel together and gel alongside the squad is is outstanding. The only one of those players that won't be there 
next year is Jordan Dawson, who played every game across the year. But the rest of those boys have played 20 or more, and then a few of them just outside of that, Mills, mm. Goulden, Buddy, Jimmy Rowbottom, who we talked about a little bit. They're all going to be in that best 22 again next season. So this squad is looking like one that's just going to keep growing into next year. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's the thing, obviously, you briefly mentioned Dawson there and, and him and Hewitt Levy, respectively. While they're going to leave holes, they've definitely got the great talent to to fill that void. I think that when you look at some of the guys that were playing a bit all over the shop this year, we saw Ollie Florence start off on the wing, then went to half back and then went forward. And I think he'll get more midfield minutes this this year coming up. And we saw Callum Mills, obviously, boys, just absolutely explode out of his, out of his skin. And <laughs> I've said it for years. I've been calling for it for about five seasons for Callum Mills to get in the bloody middle. Uh, he really, he really has. <laughs> <laughs> and look, I, I tell you what, he was outstanding, wasn't he, Doc? Twenty-seven touches a game. He only averaged twenty on his career, so plus seven and a half. His tackles went up by two and a half. His clearances went up from one point three to four point eight, which is absolutely outstanding. Ranked elite for marks as a midfielder, almost six a game, and also six goals, career high. Uh, obviously, playing more in, in the midfield helped that. And the biggest thing with Callum. Doc is that if he needs to, he can go down back. But being 24, physically built as he is, uh, he's going to have a great long career in the midfield, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think we've been preaching it for what feels like years now. And now that he's finally got Since the, the Ice Age, I think, Doc. We've been <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree. It's definitely been, um, it was definitely quite, quite a few years. But I think. What what is you know we talked about you know Kennedy now taking that back seat you know in the midfield and you know Parker sort of I'd, I'd almost say he can, he can sort of play he, he sort of the shackles are more off for mm. him to play a more balanced game as opposed yeah. to playing uh, playing a pure inside mid because now Callum Mills can be that pure inside mid he was absolutely tremendous in terms of winning clearances when he contested ball and. You know, I think what was it? He played the eighteen game, so I think he missed. I think he missed toward the uh, the back end of the year with injury as well. So I think I, I really like how he's how he's going to go for this Sydney team going forward. Just one thing, just another positive I want to t- touch on, boys, is their forward line structure. I, I think it was the one of the we talked about it all year as being the most exciting. Yeah. But I think you look you look at the numbers here: second in the comp for goals, four; third in the comp for points, four overall; and first in the competition for goal kicking accuracy. Yeah, that's incredible. When when you look at these numbers, Franklin fifty one goals twenty four. It's amazing that an old bloke can still do, can still produce numbers like that. Papley had a career best year, I thought forty three mm. goals twenty seven. Heaney, I've been been pretty critical about his consistency for years, but I think this year was his best year by far thirty six twenty one. Uh, Will Hayward came of age a little bit this year, I thought, 28-15, and then... Yeah, Hayward's one guys. I was going to mention, Doc, so I'm glad you gave him a shout. I thought he was fantastic this year. Yeah, and then you've got other guys sort of there. Uh, 15 goals, 8 for Luke Parker, 11 goals, 6 for McLean, 10 goals, 7 to the big fella, Tom Hickey. Oh, yes. So <laughs> even uh, the Ruckman's jo- joining in on the fun here. <laughs> well, we man, can't not talk, about, oh, okay, can't okay, talk yeah. about the big man uh, and the way that he turned his career around. <laughs> At the Swans, I couldn't believe sort of what we saw from him. At the start of the year, we thought maybe he was just on a good patch of form, but it didn't seem to stop. Boys, he just kept going week to week, and it's probably the, it's it is the best footy we've seen him play, which is outrageous to say when the man's just turned thirty yep. this year. But it was his most consistent season by far, as the most games he's played in a season. Um, he played twenty for West Coast back in twenty nineteen, but he's only played twenty games or more twice before this year. Um, and he just showed that he, he can actually be a, 
a uh, best ruckman and a first first string ruckman, which he probably hasn't been since I don't know. Just looking at the stats here, he was probably St Kilda's first choice back in 2016, which is amazing to think that long ago. <laughs> he's really recaptured that form. <laughs> Um, yeah, but really. He good. was outstanding. At, at, at points, he genuinely could have had a claim as an Australian ruckman, Miller. Yeah, he was, he was good. I think, but you know, if he he missed a one week hamstring turnaround, boys, as we know, which is uh, pretty incredible <laughs> from Tom. But yeah, career highs across the board. Cat, his touches are up by four, sixteen and a half disposals per game. His clearances five per game, which is outstanding. Uh, his hitouts to advantage went up from six to eight, and his hitouts in general went up to twenty four from twenty. So. And also, as as Doc mentioned, ten goals, and yeah, he was a really strong point. Just quickly on Heaney before we get to the next section, as you mentioned, Doc thirty six goals. That's a career high for him. So, on the right tra- trajectory, Isaac to just keep going up, and at twenty five, he's got some great footy ahead of him. Yeah, absolutely. In terms of the bad, I don't know if I've got too much bad to say about the, uh, the Swans had boys. It was pretty positive all around. I thought probably not too many. Delisting in- Michael Noel, maybe. <laughs> if anything, looking at the some of the boys they lost is probably what's come out the worst of this mm. season. Dawson and Hewitt, two big losses to the midfield, Miller, and a couple of our favourites as well. We know Hewitt brings that, that mm. intensity. He's a fantastic tagger. And Dorso, your son, we know we love him. but Our, our son. Our <laughs> son, sorry. Everybody's son here. He's uh, There's not many, dads. Yep. <laughs> not many better on the outside than Dorso, and he was a fantastic two-way runner all year long, which the Crows are going to love. Um, but that, for me, is probably the biggest bad for the year is losing both of those boys at once. Yeah, yeah, I tend to agree. And I sort of, you know, there's no question that both are really great players, Doc, and will add something to both Calton and the Crom, respectively. But I think that um, it's good, like I said, I think that the Swans have the depth, really, to, to cover these players and, I think if Justin McInerney has another great year on the wing, will be really good. And um, Florent, I'd like to see him back on the wing as well, which would be really good. And, and, you know, for Hewitt, I think that, you know, we'll see Campbell. I'd like to see Brandon Campbell get some more inside mid minutes next year. Um, and Dylan Stevens is a name we haven't really talked about mm. uh, yet, Doc. Him, him and Chad Warner, obviously, Chad had a really great year this year. I thought he was outstanding, 16 touches a game and, he played 13 games and kicked eight goals as well. But but Dylan Stevens a bit of a different story. He's still only 20, this kid. So very, very young. Second season. Hasn't played more than 10 games. But do you see with Hewitt going, maybe more opportunity arriving for Dylan? Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting because uh, Dylan Stevens actually did recommit to the Swans earlier in the year. And yeah. I think it was I think it was another two-year uh, two deal. Yep. So, like... Uh, I think there would there would have been suitors, particularly from Adelaide, who were aside on the rebuild to try and bring him back home. He's a South Australian boy, of course. Um, so I think I look I I like that the fact that he's putting a lot of faith in the Swans to to get him to keep him on board, and I think they're going to challenge him a lot next year to get more games under his belt because we all know from his under 18s year he was brilliant um, for. In, in it for both at state level and at national level, so I I think that there is a spot there is a spot for him, particularly with Hewitt opening up now. I, I like we all we all love the Chad for um for both <laughs> for both his on field antics and uh, our our self made off field antics. Um, but it, it's I th- I think. There, there will be a spot. Warner's going to be up there again because I really loved what he brought to the table in terms of his contested pressure, his fierceness around the contest. Mm-hmm. 
is there going to be and, – and as well, Rowbottom sort of – he played 17 games, but I don't think he was that first-tier sort of midfielder. I thought I felt like at times he was there. Mm. Mate, it was it was just there for the sake of, you know, filling a, filling a role. Um, where I reckon he could be a, he could be much more than that. Yep. I, I, but yes, it's a, it's a good point. If Stevens can't break himself into the team, you know, next year, then he, I, I really think there'd be a lot of pressure for the Swans to retain him beyond his ne- beyond the um his 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 next contract. Yeah, no. So just off topic there, Doc. But your your Chad, the Chad business and, and the audio and whatnot has aged better than anything else on this channel. I reckon we predicted <laughs> that the kid was going to be a gun. I'm going to say you heard that, and you, you knew he had to live up to the hype that we were putting behind him. But yeah, yes, yeah, so no. He, he stopped talking shit about Nintendo for a good while, and he's actually put his head down. So that's great. It's fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I have too much else to say negative for the Swans boys in terms of games that. That were fairly poor for them. Uh, the one that I think of is probably the game against the Hawks, mm. where they couldn't seem to stem the flow of of the big duke that was being thrown at them. Um, it, it seemed like at times when they were playing those games, Miller, where they did fall a bit behind to start off, they couldn't get themselves back into it, which is kind of the case of what happened. Then they were down four goals at halftime, and they never managed to get themselves back into the match. But other than that, I, I think most of the other games they lost throughout the year were against sides that were either pushing up the ladder or were in the top four. Um, the only other one that really stands out to me is probably the one against the Suns as well, which was another case where the Suns just got going faster than them and they, they managed to finish stronger than them too. So those are probably the two worst losses for the year for the Swans. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say the um, the Suns game for me really stems out as their worst loss because you know, after quarter time, it was three goals to four Suns way. Yeah. Uh, it was nine goals to two in the next two quarters and that, and that really blew the game open. Yeah. Um, so look, it just lapses in concentration, which you which you'll come to expect from a side that, that possesses a lot of young talent like the Swans. Hundred um, percent, Doc. Yeah, and, and even and even looking at you know statistics here, there's nothing really that stands out as as being a negative. I mean, eleventh in the competition for stoppages is maybe a small concern, and tenth in the comp for contested marks. Um, but but I think that overall, just, I think that just more more so stems to the fact of how they play as a terms to, as as opposed to you know sort of. Yeah, you know, as 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 a as a negative because we all know the Sydney love taking the game on, and you're not gonna not and and I think a lot of the times they they really loved tearing teams apart mm. when they when they turn the ball over and they when they when opposition turned the ball over in their defensive half. So I, I, I suppose I, that's the thing, isn't it, Doc? As well, like, like you both alluded to, is that maybe you know some of those lapses in concentration sort of comes back to what you started off this with, Kat, is that maybe it's just a young core and they'll get there. Mm. They'll get there. I, I really agree, though, Doc, on that point, the key mark, key forward marking, because, look, obviously Logan McDonald's got a long way to go in his development, but when you think about the Swans' key forwards, besides Hayden McLean, there's not really a strong marking presence. So, yeah, I, think that's I know one... one of the criticisms the Swans faced throughout the year, Miller, was even though they managed to get a lot of goals into a lot of these other guys, mm. they were still very buddy-centric when they were going inside 50. Yeah, if of it, course. If it, wasn't, if it wasn't going to him, it was being crumbed off him or you know, it was a, a lead that he was putting on to divert attention away from himself. When you've got a man like Buddy Franklin in there, that's always going to be the case. Absolutely. Um, but that's probably something they need to think about in the, in the next season when he's probably not going to be there. Much well, I guarantee time. after round one, Cat, once he gets his uh, big thousand, that uh, they'll be kicking the ball to Logan McDonald and <laughs> Sam Weeks and, and Tom Papley a bit more. But until then, uh, Buddy says, give it to me. Uh, I'm a greedy bastard. But um, 
No, Buddy's obviously an amazing player. He's very, uh, and I think that's actually something I was just to speak on. I think Buddy, you know, even though he kicked fifty plus, I thought he's very team centric. Boys, the last couple of seasons in particular, he obviously didn't play last year, but the year prior as well. I think that he's realised that um, this team isn't now competing for a flag. He's almost competing for development of the players and and trying to make everyone around him better and. I'm not sure if anyone either caught the Logan McDonald interview on the Sydney website a couple of weeks back. He said that um, people don't think about Buddy as a leader, as a they just think he's very sort of ego central. But um, he says that Buddy's one of the most selfless players you could ever see. And because yeah, I, I would you'd say the same because he, I just see him now. Him and Papley in particular, boys, are both sacrificed. I think their egos to try and make the team better, and that's why I believe very strongly, boys, they ended up on. 15 wins, but most improved. I'll tell you what, numbers on numbers on numbers. And I'm putting Cat in the bloody lobster hot water right. and let him boil alive. <laughs> You're digging it off, mate. Yeah, this is a very hard one. Like we said, there's there's plenty of options across the board. Uh, with we this, basically this mentioned team. everyone too. <laughs> yeah, I think we did. Um, the most improved of the lot, I think, I've got to go with the big, the big man, Tom Hickey, for me. I, I think just... The fact that his career has been so uh, so up and down, he's been never really been a first string option for for most of it, but he managed to get the best out of himself this year at thirty. I don't know how many players have career best seasons at thirty, so you you got to say that's probably the most impressive for me. The young boys, I, I know you boys are probably going to discuss as your most improved, but for me, it, it's even more impressive when you've been in the system for that long and can still go up another gear. So for me, it is the big man. That's all right. I'll rate that. I'm, I'm going with a bit of a different flair. I'm going with Tom McCartan, boys, the guy that we actually haven't yes. spoken about yet. Ah, um, that one. <laughs> how, how did we leave this bloke out? I don't know how he did because he had that standing year, I thought, boys. Uh, only 21 years old, but he played 22 games this year, 70 now in his career, so approaching the 100 very soon, Tom McCartan. Really turned around from you know early days, as you boys know, as, as a key forward, and there's a lot of pressure on him. Um, to produce the goods. And even last year, in 2020, he played as a forward. But the preseason, Horse got into him and said, look, we're going to need you, Tommy, to play the other end, and we think you can. And um, he certainly did that to great instruments, boys. Career high in disposals. Spoils is outstanding here, boys. 6.4 per game and 2.3 intercept marks is outstanding from big Tommy McCartan. And um, made the pressure on Dane Rampey, a guy that we, we haven't spoken about yet, a lot less for him. I thought, obviously, Rampy getting on a bit now at 31, it definitely helped them down back. So I've gone with Tom McCartan, boys, as my most improved. Love that, mate. Doc, who are you going <laughs> Oh, Look, it's a, it, it's a dead heat between both Sam Wicks and, and Justin McInerney. Oh. I, feel like, I feel like we've spoken a, a bit about both of them anyway, but I think they both played the, um, the uh, more games than ever before um, in their previous years. Wixie, he made his debut last year, I think. Um, and he was, he was uh, widely remembered as the bloke who sliced open Isaac Quainor's um, <laughs> leg last year. Uh, well, but right. he, but I, I feel like I feel like he's, he's evolved into much more than that this year. Hmm. I think he's been a, a, a tremendous uh, pressure forward. Averaged 11.1 disposals, uh, four tackles a game. Um, it, it, what, the tackle number's slightly down from last year, which is amazing considering the fact that last year was short in the quarters. But he still managed um, He still managed 17 goals, 18, which is 35 scoring shots as opposed to four last year. Um, I, I think, uh, look, if he can tidy up that kicking, then there's no doubt that it, 
he, he will improve again next year. Yep. But I think the fact that he played all but one game this year, Wixie, I, I think he's um he's a player that I, I've I've grown uh, strong strongly fond of over this year, and I, and I think it's just because of the way he attacks the contest, the way he attacks the opposition defenders when he when they when Sydney don't have the footy. Yep. Uh, players like that, it's a, it's a little similar to Snello from Essendon, Cat. Mm. Uh, I, I talked about him in the Essendon, in the Essendon review. Uh, I, I, he's a player that you know makes it makes a man on a mission to to get the footy back <laughs> when 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 they don't have it. Yeah, and, they've, and got that, a, they've got a bit of the grub about them, but it makes them better <laughs> players. So not complaining. Yeah, no, the, the fair, fair players, I, I reckon. There, there, there are players like Toby Green who are genuine grubs and 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 like and like hurting people for the sake of hurting people. <laughs> but there are players like Sam Wicks who genuinely try to take the contest, who try, genuinely take the take the contest on. And yeah, maybe maybe you might slice open somebody's leg, but you know who who was he? Who was he to know that he, that um metal cleats were uh, illegal? Yes, in, in football. But just quickly on on McInerney as well, he played twenty one games this year after playing ten in his first two seasons. Mm. Um, averaged eighteen disposals, five point three marks, and and three inside fifties per game. Sort of playing uh, a little bit of both between half back and wing. Um, sort of sort of on rotation with um with Dorso. So I, I definitely love him more on the wing. I think he's a player that he's going to um get better and more acquainted on the wing as we as we go forward. I think he's a He's just an exciting player to watch. Loves to run. Very quick boy. And GC loves using the footy, doesn't he? He does. <laughs> Love that call, Doc. Uh, MVP. This is going to be a hard one as well, I think, for Jeez. the Swans. Uh, I'll kick us off, boys, because I'm done putting the heat on, on both of you. And I'm, I'm done, popping, <laughs> done popping flack for it as well. So. <laughs> I'll give it a smell. Certainly <laughs> a couple of crowns. He's, uh, uh, he, 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 He's, he's had it up. He's he's nearly walked out of the he's nearly walked out of the online studio. <laughs> no, there is there is fried rice all over the computer right now. No, I'm going with my man. I talked about him before. He's a very underrated midfielder, but there's not many more complete in his game than him. I'm going with Luke Parker for his yeah. year this year. And like we said, he took a step up when he's already been a player that's been elite for years. Um, but he took a step up with Josh Kennedy taking more of a step back out of the midfield and. When he needed to turn into that more contested player, he absolutely did. Um, we know what he can do on the outside. We know what he can do around the goals. But now he's shown that he can still be that elite contested midfielder as well. He was fantastic all around. Like I said before, uh, disposals all-time career high, averaging nearly 28 a game. Kicked just under a goal a game as well. I think he kicked 13 in the year, so not too shabby from him. Four and a half tackles, four inside 56 and a half clearances, 13 and a half contested possessions a game. He's just an absolute stalwart of that side, Parker. He's going to hit the 300 mark in a couple of years. All oh, things yes. going touch wood, all things going well with his body, which it looks like he's always been a very uh, resilient player throughout his career. So he's going to be one of the champions of the Swans when he retires, and uh, I couldn't speak more highly of him. Another fantastic year. Great call, Kat. Uh, just on Parker, um, he's, he's won the same amount of uh, Sydney best and fairest as Josh Kennedy, Adam Goods, Jared Healy, and Ron Clegg. So that's some... Yeah, wow. That's some some, some, there. some really elite company there. Um, I'm, I'm going to... Look, Parker won the best and fairest this year, but I, I'm going to go with the man who, who finished runner-up to him because he's been just consistent all year for the last God knows how many years because he's been just tremendous in every game he plays. Jake Lloyd, boys. Yes. Uh, oh, one, of the best, 
won the best and fairest last year on the back of just pure gut running. And, and again, it was more of the same this year. Played all but one game, the 22, the 22 games for the year. Averaged nearly 28 disposals, 5.6 marks, 6.5 rebound 50s. You know, it, it's interesting looking back now because when, when he came to Sydney, he was this bloke who just loved running off, off the back line, didn't exactly wasn't more of a wasn't a one-on-one uh, defensive player as such but i think over over the time he's gradually tried to build his, 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 his on that sort of style of his game and yeah. and even and even still being able to uh peel off his man and take intercept marks has been another another aspect of his game that another aspect of his game that's just gradually um found its way found its way in i think yeah. We talk about Dane Rampey being such an important piece to this team. Jake Lloyd's just as important for mine. I think he does. There's a lot of there's a lot of critically. Yeah, he gets the ball and he runs with it and, and uses it pretty well. But he's he's found these other little areas that have just slowly crept into his game. It's why he's why he's so highly rated internally at Sydney because he just does this job and he and he's so willing to work work hard on on these assets of his game. Hmm. That that you know, literally, no no one really talks about other than you know the um the independent scribes such as us boys and, you know, <laughs> uh, and don't 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 say we didn't warn you when we uh when when we see Jake Lloyd being mentioned up there um as one of the greatest swans of all time when his career is done. I think he I think he's he's truly earned that. No, absolutely, Miller. Who's your MVP for this season? Yeah, I'm following in Doc's footsteps. I'm going Jake Lloyd. Um, the numbers are outstanding. The career average, you know, pluses are really good. The 28 touches is, is four more than his career average. His marks are up by 0.5. His metres gain is up to 476, so plus 60 metres on his career average. So, you know, as everything Doc just mentioned, they're outstanding. But if I was to say, I'd probably have an equal first place winner with Luke Parker because, geez, I love these boys equally. Nah, good shouts. Good shouts all around, boys. Uh, finishing us off, what do they need for next season? Well, wow. it's um, well, well, well. I think the one thing I've heard Swan supporters call out for the most uh, for next year would probably be another key defender. Doc, the the stocks are looking probably a little bit thin in the backline department in terms of height. We talked about some of the boys that have come along this year, but I think they want to bring in an experienced head. Someone like Italia would have been probably good before he he said he's not going to be not going to be leaving South <laughs> Australia and is retiring effective immediately. Um, so yeah. that's that's probably the one the one area that I would be looking at the most in the draft for the Swans. Yeah, that's a fair call. I, I think McCartan has really cemented himself as the number one key defender this year. And I'm not sure what's what's happened to our man, the Pelican, but um, he only uh, he's played much year. much maligned by the Swans. Yeah, this uh, year, so. yeah, yeah. So, so so I've been politely informed. Um, our, our man. Um, uh, look, it, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I, I like that call. Um, I don't. Uh, another thing that they need is a horse to stop abusing Dean Cox in the box every uh, second <laughs> week. Uh, don't don't know what Dean Cox has don't don't know what Cox he's done to um incur the wrath of the horse, but um every second week I'm I'm watching Channel Seven and uh, his his horse screaming and Cox is in the crosshairs. <laughs> um, I wouldn't 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 mind knowing what goes on there. I wouldn't mind being a fly on the wall. Um, you probably get swatted by the horse himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, not not probably not wrong there. Um, as well, I'm, I'm interested to see what what you boys think about um Peter Loudon's being brought into the team. We haven't exactly mentioned him this episode brought in we all know what he's capable of you know through his time at port in the last couple of years being that sort of second 
second second choice ruck can play key forward. Not not quite sure if they really needed him, but um, look, it probably doesn't hurt considering the fact that there isn't really a, a second a, a second ruck that can play forward. Sinclair's tried to do it, it's been a bit hit and miss, mm. and, and Naismith's still in the hospital ward. So, um, <laughs> poor bugger. Yeah, poor bastard. Um, I w- wish him well. Uh, yes, we do. But yeah, I, I wouldn't mind wouldn't mind knowing what your thoughts about on, on that. Well, I think that um, yeah, I think Laddams will add something for sure, and he'll definitely help the uh, the key position stocks. So I think the talk about Paddy McCartan really interests me, Cat. I think that there's talks that Sydney are quite interested in obviously mm. reuniting him with Tom and giving Paddy another chance. He hasn't nominated for the draft, but he said he's still doing. Uh, training with um, Paddy, so I'm not sure if he will be. He'd end up being rookie listed or supplementary or something. Yeah, I, I think they can, no, pick, him up. They can pick him up supplementary okay. uh, at that point. I think that they'll um, give him. It sounds like they'll give him all of the off season to sort of prove himself and um, that kind of thing. He was playing uh, obviously with the Swans in the VFL this year before he got himself suspended yeah. at the start of the season in a in a bit of a silly incident, but. Um, I'd love to see him though play with Tom. I think it'd be really nice to see that. And I suppose the thing that they need to do is that this draft, they've got 16, 31 and 39. Obviously, they're strong picks and then 70 and 88 later on. So I think 16 and, and those two 30s cat are, are great chances to land some talent. I'm not sure if their academy's got anything that they're going to use maybe the 30s on. I'd have to check. Um, but I know that they're interested in a couple of players. Um, they're actually interested in... in Matty Roberts, stock out, mate, even though he's uh, not not a local boy, obviously, because he's South Australian. Yeah. But um, they've shown pretty strong interest in him. So, look, it'll be interesting to see uh, what they do at 16 because it's, it's a good draft, as we've said many times, boys, on each team review. If you've got a couple of strong picks, you can land some great players. So, yeah, look, I'd like to see um, McCartney get a chance. I think Laddams will definitely add something. And, again, I think the main theme, boys, will be just I think the guys that – they lost, obviously, in Dawson and Hewitt. They'll have guys to replace them. They obviously won't be up to the same standard because they say Jordan Dawson is probably an elite wingman in the comp and Hewitt's a really good inside mid. But it'll take time to bleed in the young players. So they're in a great spot, I think, the Swans. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't wouldn't mind seeing the Swans pick up Roberts. I think he's a player that adds plenty, um, despite yeah. um, the lack of explosive athletic attributes um, that he does possess. But I, I think he's a, an incredibly smart player, and I think he sort of, um, in terms of fitting their fast game style, I don't, I'm not sure if it, not sure if it'll not sure if it'll fit completely. But I think in terms of he's the type uh, of guy though, Doc. I could see horse coaching. I don't know why. Yeah. But I, 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 I can see that. I, I think he's got. A trem- I think he's got tremendous skill. Though. Mm. Yeah, he, yeah he, exactly. He, I, just, I just think the. Um, I, I think I had him, I had him ranked as a as a top twelve, top fifteen prospect. Mm. So if, if I, I have no doubt he'll slide down towards the, the the bottom scale end of the um the first round, and if he does that, I think whoever picks him up will have themselves a really really good player. Absolutely. Lastly, boys, a rating for the Swans season. Uh, I'll kick us off and say I think I'm going to give them a nine for the year that they had. Oh yes. The way that they started, the way that they finished, the way they introduced these young boys and seamlessly made them look like they've been playing for 100 more games than they actually had, uh, I don't think can be uh, talked badly against. Horse managed to get the best out of this squad all year round, um, which is amazing considering we thought they were in for a long rebuild, the Swans, but they're right back in there and I think they're going to be in the thick of September again. 
next season and many more years to come with the way that this talent's coming through. So it's a, it's a big nine for me for these boys. Yeah, I'll, I'll follow suit, Cato. I think nine for a team that we all had bottom four, if not bottom two. I think somebody definitely did. I didn't. I had the bottom four for sure. And you know, as I said, fifteen wins and seven losses is not only great in itself, but to be pushing you know equal fourth with Brisbane uh, and Bulldogs respectively, uh, all on sixty points and all on the same. And um, look, Horse done a great job. He got the best out of the players this year and. The biggest thing, boys, is the development of this young core, and we, we've we've seen um, you know guys like Mills improve year after year. Um, we've seen McCartan now get better year after year, um, and now we're just going to see the next thing. I think with Campbell, we'll see it with Golden, we'll see it with Ollie Florin again as well next year. Um, all these guys taking great big steps. So definitely a nine out of ten, an outstanding year from Sydney. You should they should be very proud their supporters of what their team achieved this year. Yeah, very, very. I will mirror what both your boys said, and I'll go nine as well. I thought I've, from, I think I'm pretty sure I definitely had a bottom five uh, when we did our preseason predictions in the Tom Hickey studio. We might need to re- we might need to rename it actually. Um, <laughs> Got a new guy haunting it. The Sam Reed studio, maybe Doc. Yeah, oh, oh, jeez, um, oh, no way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that 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 man will kill me. Um, <laughs> um, no, look, I, I, I think. Uh, eight losses, and a lot of them were less than two goals. Um, you know, the, the game against Greater West Sydney was disappointing because they had so many opportunities to really put them away, and they didn't. Um, but also, you know, they lost to Port by ten points. They lost to Frio by two points at home. That's not an easy thing to do. I lost by lost by Melbourne to nine points. I lost to GWS by two. So, like th- these losses, I think there was only what two two or three of them that were by about five goals. Yeah. That that's 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 massive for them going forward. And look, I'm very interested to see what how they how they go without Dawson or Hewitt because we've we've touched on it already that they're they're very both of them are integral pieces in this team this year. Mm. Um, but I think they've got enough depth that that can cover them. Um, I I expect Rowbottom will have a massive year next year. Um, yes. and if they're not if they're not pushing uh, uh top four next year, then I think they've. Well, they might have regressed slightly, but I think if they're not in if they're not in that top six race next year, then I think something's up because the the sky's the limit with this team. It, it, it genuinely is, um, and I think you you were onto it early. I think it was I think it was end of end of uh, twenty nineteen Miller or start of twenty twenty that mm. the Swans were building up something nice, and here they are, here they are. I mean. I, I think I think they can push for a top four spot next year. This one's, and I'll call it now. Um, uh, there's just there's just there's just so much to work with, and the sooner they, can, I don't think there was actually one piece of um, intriguing tri- intriguing trivial stat statistic that that I thought you boys might want to hear. Tom Patley led the led the team in goal assists this year. There you go. Wow. Speaks out unselfish, unselfish yeah. play. Speaks exactly what I said earlier. I think that yeah. yeah. Forty-three goals, twenty-seven, and twenty-two goal assists. And I'd like to, I'd like to know how many score involvements he got, he got as well. But yeah, the, it, that's the sort of football that horse, you know, preaches. You know, this this selfless, fast football. I I, I think will hold up for in in years to come with this team. There, there's just not, there's just not much, not enough positive things I can say about this team this year. Hmm. No, absolutely. I think we're all pretty happy with what we saw from the Swans, and we're only going to see more of it come the next couple of seasons. But 
That is going to be all from us on the Sydney Swans season review. Thank you so much for coming along with us on the ride. We're nearly done. Just a few more teams in the top eight to go. We're about to crack into the top four. We've got the Bulldogs up next, yes. which is going to be very exciting. Then we're getting on to the home stretch uh, with a couple of disappointing teams and then the Premiers eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Right, but all those disappointing teams can't just quietly are better than ours. So I think we should. Uh... No, no, I can't wait to see. I reckon Doc's going to have some interesting things to say about Port Adelaide in particular. Uh, I'm very excited for that. Well, I'm I going to say, speak for yourself because uh, we are better than Geelong and Port. We and are the Brisbane. champions tonight. Uh, <laughs> we, we beat two of those. We beat two of those three t- teams in the final series. So I don't know. I don't know how you can say they're they're better than us. <laughs> Make sure you listen back to our previous season reviews. We've got a whole bunch of them up ready to listen to as well as uh, with the teams in the top eight as well as the bottom ten as well. So make sure you crack into those. With all that said, thank you so much for this. Oh, sorry, before I forget, socials as well. A3 Footy Podcast on Facebook and Instagram at A3 Footy on Twitter and the email a3footy at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you and stay in touch with all our episodes as they come out across those. Now, with all that said, thank you for listening. I've been Alex Catalano. I've been Alex Miller. And I've been Alex Doherty. Join us for the Bulldogs and then the top four after that. Can the Boggers! 